gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. The team is back together after I took a sabbatical for a day or two. But Guess I'm who's back. back? I'm back in a brand new rap. Bach uh, is back. <laughs> that's right. Tell a friend. You know, I used to be one of those little uh, other Slim Shadies. Oh, yeah? When I was growing up. Yeah, you my, have blonde hair? My hair dyed, yeah. Of course you did. Baggy pants. And Look at you. Trying to rap. I don't know what else happened. Did you freestyle? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, no, I don't freestyle. Bach, you, did you attempt? Did you make an I, attempt I've, to be a I've rapper? I've attempted to freestyle, and the problem with that is... Uh, it's just it doesn't Are there any come. recordings? <laughs> there are because none. I need to hear this. Well what I what I would do is I would freestyle just absolutely terrible for a while. Then once in a while you'd get like a rhyme or something that sounds oh write that down. Then, and you so, were like, Ooh Yeah. <laughs> then you write it down. And then I think that's how you that's how rappers probably should come up with their lyrics because Usually people freestyle and then like there's like one or two lines they're like hey that's pretty good and we're like all right we'll save those lines and then you know put it with the other ones we'll put it there. all together yeah. and then there you go there's your hit single yeah it would take a while for me to get to there <laughs> <laughs> and then the actual performance part I'm not a very good good rapper you have you ever given a rap a try no. Rico no. no freestyling nope no I was the beatbox guy oh yeah you provide the beat yeah they were like oh you're gonna try I go no. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. Hard pass. Well, I haven't seen you. Uh, last time I saw you, the Yankees weren't down 0-2 in the. No, they were not. LCS. Now they are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we blame the roof. That's what we're doing. <laughs> What's the what happened? Brand, to the, roof? They, the roof was open last night uh-huh. down in Houston, and the wind was blowing in, and and uh, just kind of got unlucky. You, you they hit a three. Sure. They hit a three-run home run. Apparently, the exit velocity was 91 miles an hour. Hmm. Aaron Judge hit one 108, and it was just like a pop. It was like got caught in the air. And uh, didn't go out. So, you know, I blame the wind. I blame absolutely nothing on the offensive skill set of the Yankees or the <laughs> or the pitching. It was definitely just the wind. Do you have any problem? I, I have seen some baseball people getting upset. It's not so much the Yankees are on the AL side. It's the NL side um, where just the best teams aren't winning. So it's like – and I think it's specifically – the Dodgers. Um, the fact that it's a five-game series leading up to it. Maybe mm-hmm. would you like to see it extended to seven to see no, I'm good more of the opportunity for the better team? No, if you're there? a better team, then win. But it's baseball. I mean, this, yeah, if you're this a better team, if you're a better quickly. team, then win. That's yeah. all, that's all it is. The Yankees are. If the Yankees don't win, they weren't the better team. That's all. That's all it comes down to. It doesn't. It's not. It's not. It's it's a five-game series. You have three opportunities or well, five opportunities to win the series. Like just because you're down one game, you know, come back and win the next one. Come back and win the next. Like you have multiple opportunities to win. It's not a one-game sample yeah. size. It's or not three-game series. Yeah, it's not football. It's not a three-game series. You only have two chances. Like you have five chances to win this this matchup if you are a better team then win that's all it comes down to so if you lose you weren't the better team i don't care if you got 111 regular season wins you weren't the better team yeah and it's, it's crazy too as we because we kind of sometimes focus on college football and their playoff expansion um just kind of noting everybody else is also expanding their playoffs year by year because mm-hmm. playoffs make more money. Playoffs so mean money. They, if I mean, I, I don't think it would be too bad for them to add, you know, some games in there. I don't know if I would do that in reaction to, you know, one year of, of having, no. you know, a couple teams upset. I think that's part of the fun, you know, because seven game series, especially in the NBA, 
like it's hard to get upsets is because the better team usually does come through. Exactly. So it does give it a like little bit get, of a chance like that you feel like there's an opportunity. Yeah, because in a five games. game so let's say let's say the first round of the NBA playoffs was a five game series. Golden State's a one seed, Memphis is a, is an eight seed, right? Everybody loves watching Memphis, John Morant, Triple oh, yeah. J. Like that's a fun team to watch, right? Let's say they win game one against Golden State. In a seven game series, everybody just goes, Okay, whatever. That doesn't mean anything. In a five game series, all of a sudden, wait a minute, Memphis might have a chance. Maybe they can upset Golden State. They probably won't. But at that point, you just need to win two more. In a seven game series, you got to figure out a way to, to hold Golden State off for another three games. Like that's See, maybe that's, I can talk you into at least like my low scoring games, my high scoring games, <laughs> where every game in a game a five no. game series matters more. No, it matters regardless. Because there's less games, and no, less points. It matters regardless. <laughs> it matters. You know, if there's a lot you of points, you can't say one game in a five game series matters less. It matters more than a game. Well, you only got to get. You only got to get two more after that. Well, yeah, that's right. But in a seven-game series, you got to get three more. That's, that's right. That's that's a lot that's of games. Difficult. That's harder. But if you're look, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> seven to three is the same as as forty-five to forty-two. Oh all no, right? it's not. It's the same. It's the same. You're not. It's still a close. It's still a close game because guess what? All your defense needs to do is get one stop. <laughs> in a seven to three game, all your offense needs to do is score one time. Well, we'll see how these <laughs> this clash of uh, differences works with Ohio State uh, hosting Iowa. I, I don't. I think that's going to turn out pretty ugly this weekend. I hope it does. <laughs> I bet it will. I hope it does. <laughs> it went up. I, I don't know how. It was twenty nine earlier this week. I think it went up to thirty, maybe. So we'll see. What do you think Brian Ferentz does? What he's been doing all season? <laughs> no, I mean, just in his Starting like, Spencer Petras. What he's supposed and... to be working. What do you think he's doing? Oh. <laughs> nothing? Nothing. Yeah, he might He's going to start Spencer Petras, and he's going to attempt to run the ball multiple times, and that's going to fail. Then they're going to try to throw the ball and throw, like, I don't know, four picks. Yeah. And then they're still not going to bring overthrow, in their backup. Whenever they do have somebody open, just overthrow Yeah, they're not going to bring anybody in. Sling rocks. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. And I, I hope it's bad. I hope they, I hope they get destroyed. They will. They they most likely will. Uh, but uh, that is uh, that's kind of fun. You know what? One thing I did miss while I was gone was the whole USA Today versus University of Nebraska thing. I forgot that USA Today had sued Nebraska to get Scott Frost like contract information. I completely spaced on right. that because it happened. You know, sometime during the summer after like the restructure and all of that stuff. And I, you know, USA Today comes out, and people are wondering why USA Today even cares. Every season they do like a, a not a spreadsheet, but just like a thing where they have all of the, you know, football coaches in the in the nation. They have all of their salaries and their contract yeah, information. Except for private schools. In, yeah, in, in like an article. So Nebraska, being a public university, should disclose that information. They didn't want to. USA Today was like, look, you you kind of have to. So we would really like that information. And it kind of drug on until earlier this week and i completely spaced on it i i forgot about it and i didn't even remember about the whole agreed upon metrics thing yeah, that, unspecified that, trev, that trev had mentioned metric. earlier but now that you hear about it and it's you know he had to win six games and make it to a bowl game i the fact that scott frost and i never really talked about it earlier this week because everybody else was talking about it yeah. so i just figured everybody was getting tired of it but to me the fact that scott frost wanted it in writing kind of and again this is to me uh speaks to that he didn't trust trev alberts and the athletic department to keep him on if he reached those metrics if they won six games and made a bowl game to me scott frost was still kind of wary that 
they would, depending on if it was only six games in a bowl game, that they would still consider, you know, cutting ties with him well, if there was somebody else out there. Yeah, I don't. And blame I don't. Scott Frost and no, that. I don't. I don't blame him either it's because wise. because look to. And this is why I'm not an athletic. Well, there are many reasons why I'm not that, an athletic <laughs> this is director. The first, the this, is, this is the one reason why yeah. I'm not an athletic director. If you had below 500 seasons for your first four, and then you go out and you go 500 in your fifth year, if I'm an athletic director, I I understand that that's progress, but that's not enough progress yeah. for me. <laughs> and we talked about it. It could have been, you know, and, and now looking back at it, you know, it, it would feel better to obviously beat <laughs> Northwestern and yep. you know the teams that you've lost to, but. It, it you could we we talked about it. You could go six and six and be worse than the previous season, mm-hmm. the three and nine team. Because that's what I say about Scott Frost too. Is I think his two best teams, like not the best teams that they had record wise. His two best teams, probably his first team, and then the year la- and then last, last year's year. team. His best teams, he had worse records with. That's he true. went three and nine and four and eight with his best teams. That's true. And he could figure out to go five and seven with some other team. <laughs> so I think it's wise for for him to do that. I'm not gonna not gonna lie though. Um, because there was a lot of offseason talk too about what is this metric? What you know? What's the number? And then it, there was kind of this idea, and I think this was probably the wise idea would have been, well, let's not go with a specific number. We're gonna have to kind of go with a feel. That way, you don't have to write anything down in writing. That I way, think just saying a six make, and six team that's not very good. You don't have to be stuck with it. Well, because if you just write on there, if if it's in writing, it's just make a bowl game. People are just gonna assume, oh, six and six would be good enough because you're making a yeah. bowl game, but. You know, you would have to if Scott Frost wants it in writing, which he did. You're going to have to put down the specifics of how you want this. If you just say make a bowl game, you know, if we go five and seven and we get invited to a bowl game, does that count? If we go six and six and make a bowl game, is that good enough? So it's it's just a whole bunch of complicated mumbo jumbo contract talk that I don't understand and I don't want to get into because well, I, I don't want to make a fool simplistic. of my, make a fool of myself. But look, if if. If Trev Alberts told told Scott Frost, you have to make a bowl game to be retained and get your your uh, full contract. If you go six and six, but it looks bad, you get retained and you keep your con. You get that one year deal and you keep yeah. your contract. But I mean, is that good enough for Trev and 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 the athletic department? If you go five and seven, you get invited to a bowl game, but you didn't have a specific win total in there. Technically, you made a bowl game. Do you get that money? Do you get that extension on your contract because you made a bowl game at five and seven? Like, there's there's so much more complicated, you know, jargon in there. And I guess it wasn't, you know, to come back for another season. It was just to get the rest of his contract. But there's so much. I get his original million. Back, con- yeah, so much complicated, down. you know, talk in there that I I don't won't even pretend to understand that would go into it where. Again, if you go five and seven and make a bowl game, do you, you get? I mean, he gets the money, right? He made the bowl game. If you're not including the win total in there, yeah, I'm. I, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole discussion because I think that this looks like a misstep for Trev Alberts now that it's been uh, released to me because it looked like to me that he would be okay with this some this Scott Frost purgatory, which six and six would certainly. Be that, and mm-hmm. you know, he put it in writing that that you would that they would retain Scott Frost. Well, I don't think I it was already to re- was questioning the three and nine re- retaining of Scott Frost. I don't think now it was to retain they, him. I think it, it was just to get the rest of his money. So I think it was. I don't. I don't believe, if I'm remembering correctly, that in the contract that it said that you would be brought back for another year. It was just to make sure that he got the rest of his contract that he was originally promised to get. <laughs> <laughs> we got the black shirt out there. He's, he's, he's ready to he's got enjoy a some good sense. He's, got a, oh, oh, he's, he's delivering you. this sandwich. Oh, there you're you a go. saint. Oh, there you go. 
So it was just, you know, it, it was just so he would get the rest of his money. I guess there, there's that. There was no nothing in the contract that said that he would be retained for another year. Well, that would that would be a, a, quite a difference because I, I, I feel like, you know, I've got confidence uh, in Trev Alberts. And, and we all want to, right? You all want to have – there's no reason. I mean, we've watched his career play out throughout, you know, several you, different sir. ways. Um, you know, a lot of people have confidence in Trev Alberts. It's just interesting because he will make missteps in this job. He will make, you know, do some wrongdoings. It's just and the nature me, of the job. Well, it, and it's just going to happen. But it's kind of funny because he gets this pass. Basically, like he inherited Bill Moose's mess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what kind of Mickey right now inheriting Scott Frost's mess. And and so we don't really blame anything on Trev Alberts. Um now you wonder, and it's it's not and with any of this, it's not just Bill Moose, it's not just Trev Alberts, it's all the donors and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of the figurehead. But I I didn't think that this was a good look necessarily for them. And in in the midst of finding a new head coach, it makes you kind of wonder what are the program expectations, mm-hmm. right? If if that if you were going to be okay with this again, like I said, very minimal steps forward under Scott Frost, a, a, a thing that we can all recognize now wasn't going to work. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, I So that, that does worry me a bit, I guess, as we're moving forward, because it, it makes you wonder, what are the expectations? And what should the expectations be is a different question. But that's yeah. why when I talk about going and, and going coach shopping, I start talking about sh- shop at the place where Big Ten championships are had, right? That's why I like Urban Meyer and Brett Bielema. So it just kind of depends. And, and that's kind of what I think about open coaching searches in general you can get the guy with upside, and, and Mickey might be that guy. And if he mm-hmm. proves enough, I mean, it's going to be hard to unseat Mickey if he does well enough. I'm not, not so. This is not necessarily against Mickey, but it's yeah. basically the open field out there. I would like. I, I think if you if you want to expect, oh well, they're in a bad place. Maybe they can get six wins next year if we hire this guy, and then monumentally build, and we're going to get this next guy. That's the way you can go. But the way that I want to go is get a, a guy that's proven that have won in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. One, not kind of, not kind of dilly to dally or like a Bill O'Brien. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? So I, I don't know if Urban Meyer or Brett Bielema are going to be easy to get to begin with. But that's where I would start is national championships I, and so, conference championships. So I had a I had an older caller bring this to my attention the other day, and I kind of looked into it, and he he was. He was right, and it's kind of a weird thing to look at. And I know, you know, some people will just kind of roll their eyes at this, but if you look back at the previous coaching hires for Nebraska and you look at the one thing that everybody is talking about right now with especially Mickey Joseph is head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. Following Tom Osborne stepping down, Frank Solich did not have any head coaching experience, and he was pretty successful. Yeah. Bill Callahan had head coaching experience, not that successful. Bo Pelini, no head coaching experience before, pretty successful. Mike Riley, not that successful. Scott Frost, head coaching experience, not that successful. And I understand that's just looking at things and kind of drawing whatever conclusions, but if you look at the previous head coaches for Nebraska, the ones that didn't have previous head coaching experience were the most successful following the Tom following Tom Osborne stepping down. And I understand that that's really not something that you're going to look at and think, oh, well, obviously we need to go get somebody without head coaching experience, but to me, it it's saying that just because you have head coaching experience or just because you don't have head coaching experience doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be more or less successful in the position that you're going to be put in. Sure, you would feel more comfortable with somebody that has head coaching experience to um, 
step into this role and turn this turn this ship around. But at the same time, the people who who were I, I guess you know Frank Solich was given it in a pretty good position yeah. and was able to you know ride the wave for a while. But I mean, he's still you know people still regard to him as a, as a very successful head coach and a very intelligent man. Oh, yeah. uh, Bo Pelini, given the given the the team and not the greatest of situations, although they did have a litany of of fantastic recruits and players on the roster, and he was very successful in his time at Nebraska. So, at least to me, I, I don't think that the coaching experience is the make or break of the next hire for Nebraska. I don't think it is either, but again, that's my that's like the level below of what I'm talking, right? There's head coaching experience and then there's winning the Big 10 experience. Mm-hmm. That's where I would start my shopping. I don't know, again, I don't know if those guys are attainable, but I think they're worth a call. Not Paul Chris though. Who <laughs> <laughs> did win the Big 10 West a few times. So I mean, it, no matter what way, I mean, if there was one I mean, everybody would be able to do it, right, if there was just one clear way. I do feel like guys without head coaching experience, um, as opposed to, like, long-tenured head coaches, maybe like the Lance Leipold who just started, this doesn't this doesn't necessarily uh, factor into. Um, but maybe like a Matt Campbell. I guess there may be more of a feeling of an upside or, like, you can, you can envision a better upside with a, a coach without ex- experience because you've seen that guy for seven years and kind of what he what he does right mm-hmm. and it's not it's great it's what you want you know it's what the stability is what you want for your program and I think that'd be a great hire but like I, I feel like you can see a cap there whereas Mickey who knows he's he doesn't have it there's yeah. nothing to draw back on and say yeah. well he spent seven years here and you know up and down season and so you know I think that there is uh, some some positivity to that as well so there's obviously gonna be a lot of time still to talk about all this uh, and it's very exciting stuff I love head coaching searches I know some people don't uh, and obviously um, you know Mickey's gonna have his chance and in any win now I think is a big win on Mickey's resume I, and I think I think he needs to get six to secure the job, but man, even two wins against some of these opponents might might make quite an argument. I think marked improvement and the support from the players and the rest of the coaching staff and support from the fan base could could do it because yeah. I believe I I truly think that he he I don't know about the guy to turn it all up, but I think he's he's a step forward. Yeah, he's 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 definitely turning the corner there. Uh, but uh, can't lose out. I, th- I think you still got to win some games. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's get in touch with Brian Munson of Husker Online. It's coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler. 